Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Ready Aim Side Cannons. <laughs> Folks, hello and welcome. My name is Sam, this is Sidecar Stories, and if you haven't figured it out yet, we have got a special guest today. Everyone, I would like you to say hello to Mr. Halfbit. Folks, today we are going to be playing Ironsworn as per usual, but now we've got somebody along for the ride with us. Uh, these are wild times. Uh, Mr. Halfbit is a good friend of mine. We've been playing games together for quite a while, and our experiences with it have been glorious. Uh, Mr. Halfbit is another great world builder, um, uh, a great player and performer, uh, which is why I've decided, you know what? We've got some interesting things going on today. Today's supposed to be an odd session. Uh, I think let's bring in somebody to mark the occasion. Uh, so we've brought in a good friend of mine. You, I feel like y'all know Mr. Halfbit at this point. Uh, a performer, um, uh, and a, a good general nerd like the rest of us. Halfbit, have you ever played Ironsworn before? I have never played Ironsworn. I we built my first character this week, and uh, this is my gonna be my first experience with it. I'm really excited to dive in. Excellent, as am I. Uh, and you have built a, a very interesting character, kind of custom for this uh, for this setup here, um, for this little one shot we're gonna be doing. Give me a howdy. Howdy. Give me a howdy, um, but mournful. Howdy. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. And with that, now officially we're good to go. Okay. Um, I believe y'all should still be able to hear him. We should be all good there. Uh, okay. Now, back into it. Back into it. Okay. Center yourself, Mr. Halfbit, because we are about to embark on a grand adventure. We once again find ourselves in the realms of Recidus. This is our homebrew world that we have been working on for almost three years at this point. Absolutely grand. Uh, it is a massive uh, uh, magical metropolis at the heart of an infinite wilderness uh, with a frontier uh, stretching out and, and thinning as civilization thins and thins until it is finally diminished out at the far borders. But in the center, the one, the only city in the entire world, the entire known world, uh, the towers, as they are simply called. And we find ourselves, for today, near those towers. Now, we're going to do a quick review here of the things that we've caught up with so far because it's not going to make a lot of sense where Halfbit's character is going to be coming in if we don't. It has been a couple of weeks since Igor and Illyria have found themselves in the town of Dawngreet. Um, Dawngreet is east of the towers, uh, and the uh, this little town here has been the source of their job. They have been instructed by this gang, the this frontier gang, the Wild Stallions, to go ahead and case the town. But over the course of this time, things have taken a turn for them, uh, including but not limited to Igor has died. Igor has died and come back as a ghost. Uh, Illyria has been bitten by some, some wolves behaving very strangely, and both of us find ourselves at a school for Duskin. 
Now, Duskin being the blanket term for vampires, lichen, ghosts, and a few narrow others, but those are the big three, certainly. This secret school, Vesperal Academy, is uh, a school that has been sort of stocked up into an old castle, Castle Vesperal, and the two of them are, are now find themselves surrounded by others like them uh, in a place that is secret and protected, although perhaps not the coziest place in the world, it is one of the most welcoming that they have encountered in a long time. Now these classes are strange. Igor had one of his very first experiences as a ghost in class, and one of these first classes is sort of a a process of remembering, remembering oneself. Because with ghosts, there is a genuine risk that they will forget themselves and simply become a loose spirit of themselves. Uh, and that's how you get poltergeists. Ladies and gentlemen, that is how you get poltergeists. Uh, so you're gonna want to keep an eye on that. That's it, you are sure to get poltergeist. You leave sugar around, you're gonna get ants. If you don't remember yourself as a ghost, you're gonna get a poltergeist. Um, and so, Igor is going to spend some time. We're gonna do like an actual narrative intro into it, but Igor's gonna spend some time today in the travails, which are a process by which ghosts go and immersively revisit some events from their past. And that's where Halfbit is gonna come in. Halfbit, I hope you're excited. I'm very excited. You're gonna, you're here as a memory. Does that feel weird? I, have you ever done anything like this? I don't think I've ever run anything like this before. I don't believe I have. Yeah, I'm excited. It's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, once again, folks, this is a chat play campaign. Um, Illyria is probably not gonna make an appearance in this one, except for uh, perhaps the very beginning and the very end. Um, during intro and outro, but Igor is going to be here the entire time. And as per usual, folks, if you've got something you would like Igor to do, go ahead and put it into chat. If you have got something that you would like Igor to say, please put it in chat with quotes around it. Um, and uh, I'm going to pick things, either the first thing that comes up or the thing that makes most sense if uh, a lot of people are contributing at once. Uh, and I see Darby's in the mix. Hello, Darby, good to have you here. I shall. I shall. Do keep I know an this Darby? I am my posture. Uh, you do. Yes. This is the Hi, one. Darby. <laughs> hello. Hello. Um. Yes. They will be missed. Uh. Hey. Wouldn't you know it? It is half bid. Hey, Hen. How's it going? It is me. It is me. <laughs> um. All right. Now, before we actually like get into it, into it, half bit. You got got anything you want to yell at the people? No, I, I don't know what it would be, but I wanted to give the wanted to give you a chance to to holler yes, at uh, him. Th thanks for having me here, and thanks for all of y'all having me here. Uh, hey. I'm very excited to be back. Yeah. <laughs> and it shall be grand. All right, folks, let's now let's center ourselves. Not you. You've already you already did it uh, half bit, so you actually you aren't allowed to I do it now. I gotta myself. No, 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 no. You did it once. That's okay. it. You're I not gotta, allowed to do it now. You now you got to be off all off kilter. Myself. Folks, welcome back to Night School at Vesperal Academy. This is the intro song.
Igor. You find yourself back in... Back in the organ room. This massive pipe organ with all of its many dents and uh, kinks and its weird connections into the alchemical setup along another wall. You are surrounded by ghosts. And although that might be an absolutely terrifying experience for the most part, you find yourself now somewhat comforted. Uh, Eliza, this beak who uh, lives in the pipe organ, she haunts the pipe organ, uh, has been dancing and uh, once again bringing y'all back into this place of mindfulness. You are reminded why you are here. It is to make sure that you do not disappear back into that dark cave, that dark cave of nothingness that would have you forget yourself, that would have you never come to terms with your legacy. This legacy that keeps you from passing on, keeps you as simply a nearly departed. Tarua is there guiding the younger students through this process. You can see some of the older ghosts already uh, uh, beginning to sit, meditate, but you are here for a slightly more difficult process today the travails. You are not here just to remember yourself, but to remember those parts of yourself that might be important to this legacy that you are going to leave behind. This legacy that must be shored up before you have a chance to pass on. Tarua, Eliza, some of the other students, they give you encouragement, and as the organ music swells up and alchemical steam starts to billow out of the beakers along the walls, Eliza dances with a feverish pitch, and the music overcomes you, and you find yourself hypnotized by it. Not just hypnotized, but entirely transported, pushed into this dark cave that's around you, and yet pushed and held. You fall back into your past. And the first thing that you hear are shouts. All right, Igor, I know it was you. You get yourself back here. Igor, you are running down the street of this gate town. You find yourself on the southern edge of the towers. This is home. This is the home that you left behind quite some time ago. And indeed, uh, perhaps you should have left it a little sooner because you are being chased by uh, the old alchemist. He is running after you and uh, you and some of your companions are sprinting down the street. Uh, you duck into alleyways and finally find yourself uh, with a quiet moment. Um, you are an elf, Igor. An elf that is not yet a ghost. Uh, you are hiding here in this alleyway and um, uh, sort of reviewing your spoils. You found a few ingredients, uh, and although your companions here, a young full centaur and a, uh, a young orc, these two have absolutely no idea what any of it means. You're the only one here who can actually brew anything, but you have found some good stuff. Um, your two companions um, 
look at you and say, Okay, okay. So I think if we um, if we can brew up some good stuff, I know someone who's going to buy it. They're not expecting the best thing in the world. They're just going to sell it themselves. But uh, hey, Eagle, you think you can brew up something? Something to get people moving quick. Moving quick. They just need a little extra boost of speed. They've got a race coming up and they want to fix it. I told them you could come through. You think you can do it, Eagle? Meanwhile, we zoom back away from this dark alleyway. Dark uh, uh, in the shadows and yet uh, bright in the spoils of a heist well executed. And we move away now to someone else. Um, you find yourself a little confused, Igor, because after all, this is your vision of things. Who is this satyr? Uh, an adult, it would seem. Um, I'm going to let Halfbit go ahead and introduce uh, the satyr that we now find in a loud argument um, with a uh, with an elf woman who is wearing a hood, uh, basically as loud as you dare in the back of this grimy little tavern. What do we see? Um, you see. I don't know how common satyrs are around here, but um, uh, they are uh, standing about five foot eight, um, a green cloak, um, and uh, uh, the hood pulled back currently, um, and uh, two big bushy, um, not too thick, but um, uh, bushy, uh, what do you call them? mutton chops. Um, leaving a, a fairly uh, a butt chin, naked butt chin showing, and then like a, a, a sort of a convex nose going down. Um, brown hair, um, and you can see their 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 hooves sticking out from beneath their cloak, um, and uh, their horns curl right back uh, with their skull, and then like curl right back around, um, pretty spirally around their ears. Um, Excellent. And that's, that's somewhat more, I think, than the average satyr. I think most satyrs have a sort of, you know, kind of smaller, more modest horns. But yeah, you have got um, horns that are reminiscent, I think, to most folks of the mountains. Um, you, I think, if, if people know satyrs pretty well, they would probably mark you as a mountain satyr. Um, there are plains satyrs, which I would say are probably the more common ones, at least the ones that find themselves up in the mix here on here in the towers, or at least on the border of the towers, uh, here in this gate town. This gate town is, as I mentioned, uh, on the southern edge of uh, the towers, and gate towns are a special phenomenon wherein some of the major gates into the towers... Um, the major ones are all on these enormous ramps. Um, these are uh, either spiral or sometimes they zigzag back and forth, and sometimes they are simply just these straight, uh, these straight and uh, shallow ramps um, that get you from the ground level outside the towers and transition you up into the towers where life happens, uh, where cargo can be moved. Um, but these gate towns sprout up around these ramps um, and. Uh, you know, there's a lot to be found here in terms of food and beverage and maybe black market as well. Um, you are currently in a loud argument, again, as loud as you dare here in the back of this tavern, with this elf woman who is saying to you, 
I know that it wasn't part of the original deal, but I need you to take them. It is, there's an elf boy, uh, they're, they're urchins, they're not going to cause you any trouble, I can assure you. All you need to do, there are six of them, you just need to deliver them to the same place, we need them to accompany the goods that we made the agreement with before. I cannot do this! I am, I have got too many things on my plate at this time! Please, I, I cannot! They're going to pack their own food, they can, some of them can even take care of themselves just fine. Listen, what, what how big is the team that you're running with this time? Smaller than normal, unfortunately. <sighs> Listen, I... And you, you see this satyr kind of like pacing back and forth a little bit, um, hearing the clomp of his, his, his hooves, um, and he's, he takes a breath. Um, is there any more... Can you pay me anymore? Is it possible? Um, why don't you go ahead true. and uh, heck with it? We'll have you make your first roll here. Uh, go ahead okay. and roll plus wits for me. Um, you have dealt with this elf woman before. Um, uh, her name is Avis. A-V-I-S. Dart, we worked together before, and I have been not just happy with the work, I have been proud of the work that you have done. You can execute things that I, I, I astound me but listen can I can I is is Hagel not here can I can I talk to Hagel is not here I'm sorry Hagel's Hagel's always here why why are we being cagey right now he's not here all right just continue Avis sort of like leans back in her chair a little bit, sort of like looks around into other parts of this tavern, like she's being punked or something. But then just sort of nods and says, this is a conversation maybe I could have with Hagel, but I don't think you understand some of the dynamics here. I can afford to pay you what I am afforded by those who supply me. I can't do anything else for you, I'm sorry. You said... You said they are children, yes? Yes. Alright. Fine, I'll do it. We can do it. Thank you. Now, yes. I... I... Don't intend for you to have any additional drop-off points. Uh, we don't need you to give them any special provisions. You don't need to feed them. All you need to do is make sure that the crag doesn't kill them. That should be no problem. She she gives you like a half grin, still a little skeptical, but says, "Now that dart, that I can trust you for more than anything." More than anyone, certainly, and that's why I come to you. She leans back, and you know, sort of like, the the business talk phase has sort of passed on. You both know sort of the score here, and she passes into another mode. She takes her drink here, and uh, you two sort of go back to being friends. You know, you're comrades in this, uh, uh, in this, and now that the business is out of the way, you can behave like it again. Um, 
she shakes her head and says, It's favors for a lot of family members. I don't know why, but there are... There are some people who have never been so desperate before uh, to have their children out of this town, and I don't know why. It's strange. There's a... <sighs> there are some... Uh, orc twins, uh, the two of them, they're supposed to find their way uh, up into up into the Oxbends. Uh, an elf boy who I'm supposed to deliver out onto the eastern edge of the towers. I'm hearing about disappearances. I've This elf boy, his sister came to me begging, begging me to take him away. You're, you're not supposed to tell them any of this, but... Have you noticed any of your regular clients suddenly disappearing? Anyone you know? Um, and he takes a moment. You can definitely see he's thinking about something. Um, um, I... I've heard rumor, yes, of people going missing around these parts. Yes. Well... I don't know what it is. I know it's going to be bad for business. I can just tell you that much. I will keep my ears and eyes on, on things. See if I can find anything out. She smiles at you again, uh, raises her uh, tankard and says, Once again, if I can trust any ears and any eyes, Dart, it is yours. And she, uh, she gives you a quick cheers and we... Soar back across this gate town to where we find, um, once again, Igor. Now, Igor, you in this memory do not know um, the, the the conversation that's just been had, uh, but certainly you in the future, you who is processing these travails and just now finding yourself kind of reliving these moments, this is news to you that your sister had some involvement with your transportation across the towers. You had never really left your gate town by very far, maybe delved into the towers by a few districts, but now you find that your sister may well have been responsible for orchestrating your passage through the towers and away from your little gate town. You find yourself, Igor, um, over the next couple of days, you put together a, uh, a a few potions, I suppose I will put it into quotes, because they are some rough, rough concoctions here. Uh, and yet, you sell them. You make a little bit of coin. And these people who purchased them from you, you find that they're making you an offer. Igor, this is an offer that you have been dreaming of, an offer to get out into the world and explore. You've been selling to these folks for a little while. You know that they call themselves the Wild Stallions, and you have been taking in their ambiance, their aura. When they walk into town, it's a bit of an event. You see lots of folks from out in the frontier, but some of them actively try to hide that fact. A few will 
sort of lean into it. Some of them are simply, you know, they're proud of their, their culture from where they come from out in the territories. And yet the Wild Stallions, when they walk in, they are gaudily, ostentatiously frontier folk. They've got the spurs that they wear, even if they haven't seen a horse in days. They have got the the chaps that they wear over whatever else they might be wearing. They wear these big old wide-brimmed hats uh, that are almost a status symbol. And these folks, when they offer you passage, an adventure even, through the towers, out into the frontier, well, Igor, it's what you've been waiting for. And that is how this group finds itself united on the edge of the towers. Dart, you are looking at this crew here. And what sort of folks, uh, I don't necessarily need like names. I'll take whatever kind of you've got as, as light as it is. But um, what sorts of folks do you take uh, as your crew? You're asking Dart? I'm asking Dart, yeah. Honestly, um, typically, me and my partner, Haggle, mm -hmm. um, we don't take a lot of crew. Um, we typically do things um, by ourselves. If need be, we bring on one or two extra lookouts and cart drivers, um, depending on, you know, what what the task is indeed um we've got we've got a couple of a couple of people that we trust um but uh yeah that's my answer and so with that in mind i want you to go ahead and give me a heart roll please because i want to find out of these people that you trust how many were available has it been difficult for you to find the trusted ones uh without your um uh, with, without your full team in effect. A six. six. Dart, you are looking around at this crew and the faces that you see here are not the ones that you had hoped. On a weak hit, you look around, you got the people who you could manage to find. Some folks, they would take a meeting with you and yet you could always feel that those meetings were a little stunted, jolting. It's simply not what you're accustomed to. Once you get out, out there into the crag, you know exactly what to do. But this side of the business, well, you always had someone for that. You find yourself surrounded by folks. There are uh, two humans and uh, a halfling. And uh, the two humans are both women, the halfling is a man, and uh, this group is going to accompany you as you take your cargo, um, which in this case seems to be a trio of like long, narrow crates. Very rarely is it a good idea to look into the crates. You've done it before, but, uh, you know, generally the understanding is like, don't, don't mess with the crates. Um, mm -hmm. Those, those you can handle fine. Those have always been part of the deal. You know what to do with a crate. And then standing next to the crate, uh, a couple of them trembling, uh, one of them sort of looking up and around, uh, including a pair of uh, orcs. They seem to be twins, but fraternal twins. They, they look pretty dissimilar. Um, you've just been told that they're twins. Um, an elf boy with sandy hair 
who seems to be sort of looking excited. Uh, they stand in a line. They are reasonable, reasonably respectful. And uh, you see that you're looking at a crew that is roughly like 13 years old. Like that, that is, that is the rough age of these individuals. Um, the other people in this, uh, the other parts of, I'm going to, I'm going to start using some different language here. I'm going to call them the kids versus the crew. And so when I talk about the crew, I'm talking about the two humans and the halfling. Um, your crew looks to you. You're the one who organized this little run. And, uh, so they're looking to you as the boss, but some of them are sort of like eyebrows raised. Do you have any words for these kids before we, uh, before we move on out? Um, I've, I've kind of already gotten stuff settled with the crew and now these 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 children have been brought to me and i'm just um hello um uh, my name is dart um i am told you will be i am to accompany you through the crack um um the twins like these, whisper back and forth to each other um Fucking no. Um, I apologize for my language. Um, it's all right. Pretty cool. The, <laughs> both both of the the orcs are into it. Um, have any of you ever gone through the crag before? Uh, you you look upon wide eyes. All right. That's um, what I thought there's there's a a, a little uh, halfling girl. Um, and she is like, she's the same age as the rest, but you know, halfling already, uh, you know, fairly small, but a slight halfling, even by halfling standards. And she just, her eyes go wide and says, what's the crag? Um, the crag is the, the dangerous path through the mountains into the city. Um. And when I say dangerous, and I, I, I look at all of them, I mean it is very dangerous. Do not stray from the cart. Do exactly what I tell you, all right? <clears throat> uh, you see a lot of, like, fervent nodding. Um, some of them are pretty excited. Um, <laughs> the 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 two um, The two orcs are sort of, uh, like whispering back and forth, sort of bouncing up and down the balls of their feet. Uh, what is Igor up to, meanwhile? Uh, Igor, you are here, you are listening to this, and you now find yourself in front of this individual. Um, uh, Dart is, uh, as I believe we have mentioned, a sort of young 20s satyr uh, with some pretty dope mutton chops and a butt chin. <laughs> Which is pretty great. Um, and uh, uh, Hen is wondering where Igor is. Uh, Igor, you are right here in the lineup. Um, you have been brought here. The Wild Stallions offered um, a an adventure, a trip uh, through some of the towers and then out into the frontier. Um, but you did not necessarily know the route that you would be taking to get there. Now, Igor, I think with your insistence on trying to, trying to adventure, let's find out if you have had any... Uh, heard any rumors of Craig Carrick before? Um, unfortunately, you have not. Uh, <laughs> the you you know you know of the name Craig Carrick, but and you've heard it's dangerous, but uh, you do not have any experience, and so you are now going to be finding yourself uh, in a totally new place. Igor says, "Are you 
positive you know what you're doing or where we're going? Um, yes, of course. I, I, I have done this. I am experienced in this area. Um, um, uh, um, How can I help? You can... He looks at his crew, and I guess I'm going to ask you what, like, am I just, are we doing one cart load? Yep. You've got, uh, and not even a terribly big cart, uh, unless you unless you sort of wanted to rustle up a big one. These um, these crates, um, they are long and thin. Uh, so you, yeah, you just need like one fairly small cart, akin to the one that I have on screen here over on the right-hand side by that guy in the white, but I don't know if you half-bit can see that. <laughs> small um, enough to be drawn by like a single donkey. I look at my crew, I look at... Um the cart, and I look at the kids. Um, honestly, the best thing that you can do is to is to stay in the cart, under the covers, and do as I say. That is the best thing you can do to help. Um, this may take um, a few days, three to five, depending on... Uh, Depending. Um, so be quiet and be be calm and don't do anything stupid. <sighs> Under the covers, how are we going to be able to see anything? You will not see a thing. That uh, is not that not the goal. That is not my job. Is to have you see the crag. My job is to get you through the crag. Uh, immediately, the scared halfling girl and uh, a little human boy uh, jump up into the cart that is uh, that they're sort of lined up next to, uh, and they sort of like wedge themselves down in between the crates, cover themselves up. They understand the assignment. They are jumping in. They're good exactly. to go. You can see on this elf boy's face, though, um, uh, underneath his like unruly sandy blonde hair. Um, he just sort of like cocks his head to the side and squints a little bit. He seems a little skeptical. Just don't wander off, all right? Um, anyways, we've got to get going soon, so get into the cart and uh, uh, he, uh, looks back at his crew. Um, do, do they have names? Can I give them names? Oh, yeah, go for it if you got ones in mind. Um. Rose, you are going to be with me um, on the edge. Um, uh, uh, Carl is the uh, the halfling, um, and um, Mara is the other female uh, woman. Um, uh, Excellent. She is, uh, Carl and Mara, you are with the guard, okay? Um, uh, you are going to be playing odd couple, all right? Um, that is uh, our plan, and we are going to be on the wings, um, traversing through the mountains. Um, so, and kids, uh, again, I say to you, be very quiet and trust us. Um, all right, um, all right. Um, Nods from your crew. Um. Uh, a, a bit of skepticism, uh, but they understand uh, the lingo that you've offered them perfectly. 
These might not be your people that you've worked with before and that you would have loved to have along this trip, but they are smugglers. They know the score. They listen. They understand. And the group heads off into the towers. This passage is not a difficult one. The towers, especially here near a gate town, are absolute bloody chaos. And you find yourselves making your way pretty quickly along the sky bridges. Uh, after passing up the enormous ramp into the towers, you find yourselves uh, traversing these sky bridges quickly through courtyards, through uh, uh, open bits of tower with massive arches, uh, past enormous, enormous bits of architecture that... You know, Igor, I think you've seen it from, you've seen it from below. You may have even, you know, scuttled up the ramp at a time or two, but you've never spent time in the districts of the towers. And being here, it is a sight to behold. Really, it is much more terrifying. And you are surprised by not only the height of the towers, but how high up you are in them. You look down and you can imagine a person spending entire lifetimes in the towers and never finding their way all the way to the bottom. Stories and stories and stories and every story a story. A hubbub, a, uh, a marketplaces and uh, uh, caravans all passing through without ever touching the ground. Your little group goes largely unnoticed and you head into the towers to the edge. You approach um, the place that you know, which is the entryway into Crag Carrick. Now, a dweller in the towers nearby here would know about Crag Carrick. A, a fabled passage between two parts of the towers. Um, here we go. These are the towers, and uh, we find ourselves down here on this southern edge. Uh, Crag Carrick. A very, very dangerous little passage, very close to the towers, strangely close to the towers, in fact, as you are um, right here at the southern edge of the towers. Um, the towers have this little dimple into which uh, the, the mountain range sort of thrusts into the city from the south. The southern mountain range sort of pushes into the city, and as such, the towers have subsumed a little narrow part of those mountains, but largely it's, they sort of try to bend around the mountains. The trouble there is lots of materials need to pass from one side of the towers to the other, and that passage is expensive and slow to transport through, and so there are rumors which are to dart much, much more than rumors of smugglers passing through Crag Carrick, this little spot um, uh, right here if you are looking at the map. Uh, that is a much quicker passage in between. And for enterprising criminals, uh, uh, or should I say smugglers more specifically, uh, like Dart, it is a way to make a decent bit of money. You make your way to the edge of this little sort of nub of the towers down here at the southern edge, and you look up at the mountains before you. Now, um, what is the what is the method by which uh, you typically leave this side of the towers, Dart? Um, you can see in front of you there is a cold mountain pass ahead uh, that will eventually get much less cold and heat up pretty significantly as you pass north, northeast. Um, 
I mean that that passage, whatever passage is typically the quickest um, and less watched. I I would say. Um, yeah. Um, there is a, um, a a little mountain spring that turns into a, a very small river that runs down the mountains here. And there is in a little corner behind uh, a few, uh, uh, behind a few like pretty dilapidated towers, there is a small lift. Um, some casual fishermen raise and lower their wares uh, from this little lift and largely unnoticed, you find yourselves on this lift, lowered down to this little mountain creek that passes uh, off into this unarchitecturalized, boy, that was a rough one, uh, <laughs> this untowered uh, spot in the mountains. And you feel your feet dart once again on actual earth which feels pretty good. I don't know how you feel about the towers necessarily, but um, they are they, they are certainly more artificial than the place that you were. He is definitely to. much more comfortable out here. Yeah. Um. Fantastic. And now we are going to do something fun. Uh, Hen says, hey, I see Cheapskate. Uh, you are nearby to Cheapskate. Uh, excuse me. You will be relatively near Cheapskate when you come out the other side of this, Hen. Um, but... Halfbit, I would like you to please uh, undertake a journey for me, which means hey. I am going to have you. Um, uh, we're going to set the rank of the journey. This is going to be a uh, a formidable journey, and uh, go ahead and roll plus wits for me, taking a plus one because of your bond with the sort of the groups on either side of this. Um, four, five, six. A six. Fantastic. That is a, uh, not a strong hit, but it is a hit. Um, okay. As you are uh, making your way into the, uh, into the crag here, I think uh, you find yourself, of course, you were promised that these, these kids were going to have their own food with them. Um, some of them do, some of them don't. And so you sure. find yourself having to share. Um, okay. But you are going to mark progress here. Uh, so let me go ahead and uh, mark this journey down. I'm just going to call it the crag. Excellent. Now, um, here is how journeys work, Halfbit. You can choose to try and complete the journey at any time. What that means is instead of you rolling your d6, your, your roll is going to be the number of progress marked on this progress tracker. Um, I'm going to keep you updated as to how many progress has actually uh, been there, but I'm going to still roll my 2d10. You don't add anything. You can't use momentum. It is just my 2d10 versus your progress tracker there to determine where you fall in, the, in terms of miss, weak hit, strong hit. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, okay. And uh, now we find ourselves in the crag itself. It is a a significant trip. 25 miles might not be terrible by trek, and yet uh, when you are in the mountains surrounded by danger, it is a bit of a different experience. Um, as you make your way through here, I want to ask both Igor and Dart, what are on your minds today? 
This is your first day of travel. You are approaching the first place to make camp. Uh, what is, what's on your mind as you are uh, sort of trekking here, approaching this very narrow mountain pass up in front of you, which you know is going to get hot quick, both in temperature and in danger? Um, well, uh, to kind of give a clear picture of like how they're traversing. Um, yes. Uh, the cart and Mara and Carl are traversing down through the path that can be traversed. And I'm assuming we have at least one horse, two horses. Um, yeah, probably, probably, yeah, probably two. Two horses pulling the cart. Um, and uh, Rose and myself, I am on the left flank, kind of up in the mountains, getting a good look ahead. And Rose is on the other side doing the exact same thing, traversing through the mountains. Um, so I am keeping a watch um, this whole time. And also this whole time, I am keeping a lookout for Haggle, my partner, which is what is primarily on my mind. Um, so, uh, I believe you said Mara and Carl are, uh, sort of down near the cart. Is Rose close to you or is it sort of like you're off on one? On wing? the other side. Uh, yes. I'm on the left wing and she's on the right wing. Gotcha. Um, I think, uh, as you all trudge forward, um, the, the whine of the wagon wheels, um, sort of rattling off of the, the uneven path here, the, uh, the sort of gentle like whispering and mumbling of the children as they sit on the cart and uh they sort of like they do whatever looking out they can um igor certainly you have you have sort of had to duck his little blonde head back into the cart at least once um but upon leaving the towers now you can relax that much a little bit out here the danger is not so much deceiving as much as it is simply being spotted um, you know, if something sees you out here, it's either going to be another smuggler who is not going to bother you because they've got their own thing. They don't need the trouble or the actual danger that lies here in the crag. So the, uh, the children are sort of peeking their heads out, um, as they do Carl, the halfling man, um, he is a, a, a squat sort of like, um, a squat fellow, a sizable gut on him. Um, but, uh, pretty good with the cudgel that he carries with him. Basically like a, a small wooden warhammer, essentially. Um, he kind of trudges along behind the, uh, behind the cart and you haven't entered the really dangerous portion of the crag yet, which is probably why he feels kind of okay hollering up to you. Um, so Darth. I'm not, uh, I'm not used to you being the solo act. Um. A bit strange, isn't it? What? Um. Uh, and he comes, uh, quickly, silently, with his hood still up. With his little hooves jumping down the rocks, uh -huh. um, we see, we see his like massive horns like poke over the edge, and then you know make your hopping way down. Yeah, um, and he um, like slides in up to the cart, uh, and it's uh, got his bow on his back, and it's like, would you kindly keep your voice down in the crack? 
Have you not done this many times before? I was told you have. Oh, <laughs> I've done it enough. It doesn't get dangerous until we hit that needle pass up ahead. After that point, I promise I'll keep my voice down. It's just, I've been talking. We've been talking. And it seems a bit curious that you would... I don't know. You, you and uh, you and Haggle always made such a good team. We're sort of used to dealing with him. Um. Yes. Um. It is true. Um. We do make a good team, and we usually work together. Um. Let us stop for a moment. Um. Rose, stop the. Ah, uh, sorry. Mara, please stop the cart. Um, and um, I, like, snap, and uh, Rose starts to make her way down. Yep. Um, um, Igor, I, you I, don't he, notice this, but Igor is peeking his little head out of the, uh, uh, out of the uh, canvas to sort of, like, get a, get a read on this situation. Um, I, uh, I, I must be frank with you, well, um, yes, uh, Hagel, my partner who is usually with me on these, um, who is usually the face of our team, um, on our last pass back through the crag, um, he has gone missing, um, I do not know where, I do not know how, but, um, part of my Part of our task right now is to also, I shouldn't say our, part of my task right now is to, to find him at all costs. Um, I cannot, I cannot just leave him out here. I don't know where, sorry, I am ranting. Rose puts a hand on your shoulder. Um, you, you see that like Carl and Mara, um, they, they sort of like look concerned here. Carl kind of mumbles under his breath. Hagel and Dart. Down to just Dart. Well, I suppose between here and the towers, this is the side I'd rather have you on. Um, Rose sort of got this hand on your shoulder and says... I'm so sorry. Dad, I'm so sorry. Don't be sorry. It's all right. He's not dead. At least we don't know where he's at. We just need to find him, that's all. And then everything will be fine. Um, that is, uh... Um... We just need to find him. I am asking you all to, on this journey through, help me find him. Keep your eyes out, keep your eyes peeled. Well, that would explain why the pay is so shit. <laughs> uh, Carl just sort of shrugs at you, smiles. Um... I'm sorry the pay is not as high as it was. I am not a... As you know, I am not a dealer. I am simply a... One who stays in the shadows. But... 
You can say, smugglers, you're in good company here. <laughs> if if we do find him, even if we don't, I will pay you. I will owe you something, whatever I can give you, whatever I have left. I will. We'll cross that crag when we come to it. <laughs> uh, we'll all keep our eyes out. I'm sure. Um. Uh, Rose, once again, sort of hand on your shoulder. Um, you know, people are not tight, tight amongst uh, sort of smugglers in general, but uh, cra uh, uh, Rose just sort of gives your shoulder a squeeze, and that's about as much reassurance as you can expect from smugglers out here. And uh, she gives that uh, low signal whistle and starts to walk back toward her post. She says... I think we're probably approaching a, a good place to make camp. Over on my wing, I've I've found a good little clearing. Um, I kind of look up at the sky and uh, get a good gauge on the sun. And um, all right, um, it's a good time, anyways. So we can make camp here. Um, um, Carl, Mara, take the cart up. Uh, let's make camp for the night. I. And you make your way toward camp. It has been your first day of travel. A lot of the first day is always blown getting through the towers. That's just how it goes. You know, picking up the merchandise, it's always a pain in the ass. Um, now, you you make your way across this little narrow valley, which is very occasionally used by some particularly brave uh, uh, herding uh, 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 folk who will occasionally have their grazers come in here. But you are approaching the the Needle Pass, which actually gets you into the crag itself, uh, into Crag Carrick. And that's when the real danger begins. So this is the spot to make camp right beforehand. Igor is keeping an eye out for danger. Hence, as I'm thinking, Igor is just trying to watch and take note of as many things as he can. Uh, certainly, yeah, let's have, let's have Igor make a quick wits check here, because I want to see sort of how well you're able to get your bearings out here. Do you know your geography pretty well? Regrettably, I think you have to keep your head down too much, Igor. And as you make your way here into the crag, you're not even necessarily sure you could find your way uh, back to this spot if you had to again. The rolls are not being kind to you all today. I'm just going to tell you that right now. We've had, like, much better luck in the okay. past. Um, this little group makes camp here. And uh, as you all sort of anticipate the coming day when the true danger begins, up until this point, some danger of being caught and identified as smugglers, but now the danger is real, genuine uh, uh, <laughs> danger out in the crag. Um, there are mostly creatures to be on the lookout for, but not, not entirely. Uh, that is not the only thing to be afraid of in the crag. There are others who will use it for n more nefarious purposes than just smuggling. Um, uh, but in this anticipation of the day to come, what do you all do as you are sitting around this uh, quiet little campfire? Uh, Carl is, I think, uh, probably in charge of the cookery. Carl's sort of uh, got this flat sheet of metal that he's using to fry up some... Uh, a, a few sausages, some uh, sliced up root vegetables. Um, uh, and this is a question for Igor as yeah, well. Yeah, um, Dart is 
probably kind of on the outside of the campfire, like almost not completely out of sight, but just kind of like pacing around um, and keeping on the lookout halfway and um, keeping very quiet though. Um, yeah. Um, Rose, I think, uh, sets watch nearby. I think you, you probably find yourself a good vantage point. And I mean, would have you been, would you have been trying to avoid sort of all people at whatever cost? Or if Rose comes up and sort of like plants with her back to you so that she can keep an eye on the other direction? I'm not trying to avoid people. I'm just kind of, uh, I'm not trying to avoid people. I'm just like, I need to be up walking and pacing around a little bit yeah i got you she she settles in um uh sort of nearby to you and sort of keeps watch on the angles that you're not keeping track of at the moment um uh <laughs> death rev you can make one dose of of alchemy supplies uh or i should say one one dose of elixir um so I don't believe you can do like a full company benefit from it. That might be the sort of thing that you can do uh, as you advance your alchemy, uh, but not quite yet. <laughs> the old pill in the strawberry, as N says, <laughs> which I don't know what that means, but it's a good saying. Um, Hen is also wondering, can Igor make something like an insight check? And I'm going to say yes, but I would like to know what it is you're trying to get insight into, Hen. Um, this is going to be either a wits roll or a heart roll based on sort of the insight that you're trying to gain. What is it you're curious about, Igor? Um, as Igor sort of sits here in the firelight, um, the the others are, the other children are here sort of like warming themselves by the fire. Uh, the two orcs, um, uh, they are sort of like jostling each other back and forth, um, uh, eating like, <laughs> eating fried up tubers. Um... Um, Igor is interested about this, um, uh, let's see, about what Haggle looks like, potentially. Uh, yeah, Dart, do you think you would have shared, like, what, oh, actually, yeah, you definitely. know what? Let's... I mean, our, our, my, my crew knows what Haggle looks like already, yeah. um, but, uh, just to reiterate, he is a much taller man than I am, uh, uh, satyr, male satyr, um, and, uh. I'm like 5'8". Um, he's like 5'11", almost at 6 feet. Sure. Um, has has darker hair. I mean, similar features, just a darker black hair. Um, and uh, um, uh, I guess a more symmetrical face than mine. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. Um, and he also smells of ginger. Um, uh, I think this, this, uh, this sandy headed elf, um, lad sort of wanders away from the fire ever so slightly, um, toward you. And, uh, yeah, would you sort of, is that, is that what you would tell, uh, this boy when he, when he asks like what to be on the lookout for? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I also say um, you are not keeping lookout. You are in the like if you if you happen to see anything, fine. But don't be on the lookout. It is not your job. You are to stay safe in the gut. 
Um, Igor says, uh, and I think you would you would like you would know names at this point. Uh, Igor says, "I just what sort of predators do we anticipate? What what signs would there be of pursuit? Do you think?" Uh, clearly, this kid is like precociously curious. I mean, there are a number of predators out here, both uh, both wild and and human and other race. Um, I don't know. I have no clue. When he went missing, I could not find anything. Um, there are possibly some flying dangers out here, predators that could have swooped down and picked him up, but other than that, nothing makes sense. Um, there are, of course, mountain mountain felines, there are um, uh, mountain uh, bears and things like that. Um, there are also uh, bandits um, along these trails that um, that are known to kidnap and, and steal. But again, I just... I saw nothing. And he kind of sits down. Rose has her back to you. Just sort of like leans in a little bit more. Again, about as much camaraderie as you can expect from a, a, a group of smugglers that hasn't worked together a lot. Um, and says... There aren't that many passes through the crag. If... If Haggle's in Crag Carrick, I have to imagine we're going to come across him. I have to. You're right. Thank you. Of course. Uh, uh, do you have watch... Do you have watch? I, I, I need to go sit by the fire. Uh, she just gives that that uh, signal whistle again. And yeah, I, you are Igor, free to go. Igor, come sit by the fire. With me. Let's all sit and just enjoy the evening. Yeah, you head back down to the fire uh, where uh, Carl is working on sort of getting the getting the dishes washed up, just sort of uh, scraping them with a stone and some of the loose ash from the fire. Um, Igor is interested in Carl and wants to get kind of a better read. And with your um, with you, which I think is going to be a heart roll, but uh, that is going to be sufficient for a strong hit, which is odd considering what uh, Igor's stats are. Um, <laughs> You are going to manage a strong hit here. And the read that you get on Carl, Igor, is one of opportunism. Uh, you know that, uh, you know, you are surrounded by smugglers here. But then again, you've been surrounded by smugglers and uh, various sort of petty criminals. You have been tertiary to uh, gangs for most of your life, Igor. Uh, and... Uh, Igor is going to scramble over and sit next to Dart, but yeah, as you watch Carl, you see Carl sort of like whistling, appears pretty well at ease right now, but you've seen folks like Carl before, Igor, and 
This is the sort of person who may well take opportunities even if they fall in the middle of other opportunities. Things like this run through the crag, for instance. Um, um, yeah, go for it. As I sit down um, and uh, Igor comes and sits next to me, and I'm assuming the rest of the kids are sitting by the fire, um, I, I get out just a small flask um, and uh, get out a cup and pour myself a little bit of something. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I kind of look around at the kids and I look, look at Igor and do they, how, how do they seem? Do they seem scared? Do they seem excited? Do they seem nervous? What emotions am I reading on their faces? A good question. Uh, go ahead and roll heart for me. <clears throat> it's going to be a four, five, six. Excellent. That's my guy. Now you've got it. You can see um, a, 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 a range of emotions, certainly. Um, as you watch... Uh, Igor, this elf lad who has chosen to sit next to you, um, he certainly seems uh, his eyes dart around and you probably catch the vision of somebody who might make a good smuggler, frankly. Um, you, you see somebody who sort of keeps their wits about them, doesn't let either their their curiosity or their fear like get the better of them. They just keep their eyes open. Um, that's, I think, most of what you see in Carl. Um in the, the orc twins, you see just sort of like raw, kind of like summer camp excitement. Um, and then I think in, in the rest, like it's a, a, a spectrum of fear and anxiety. Um, you said that, the first thing you said, that's, you said that's what I see in Carl? Uh, or is that what I, I, I think see I did Igor? say Carl, what I meant was Igor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was like, wait a minute. Um, uh, so Igor seems still excited, um. And the rest seem a little bit nervous and scared of being in this dark campsite in the middle of nowhere. And uh, Igor, indeed, sort of confirming like what you've been finding about this personality, leans over to you and says, Why is he with us? And uh, sort of juts his angular elvish chin at Carl, who's just now Carl? packing the packing the cooking supplies away. Um... He was just a fellow smuggler like myself. Just a... Another person trying to get a day's pay. Um... I've never done a job with him before, but he came well recommended. Um... Be careful about him. Um... Why? Have you noticed something? And I think Igor probably looks at you, like, fairly seriously. Again, like, not necessarily like an old soul, but you just see, like, somebody who doesn't behave normally, perhaps. Uh, And uh, just looks you straight in the eyes and says, I've seen his sort before. Oh, yes. Just be careful. All right. Um. All right, uh, Igor is is male, correct? Yes. Uh, all right, young man. I will. 
Um, and I, I kind of, uh, swirl my, my alcohol. Have you ever had alcohol before? How old are you? Twelve? Eleven? Um, Igor shrugs. Uh, I think the, like, this is not uncommon. If you are not educated, you probably don't have a strong, strong idea of precisely how old you are. Um, but, uh, like, I would say, yeah, you... Round about that age, like, just sort of like Igor shrugs and nods. Um, you're, you're about right, somewhere in that range. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, frankly, I'm gonna say it's fairly likely that, uh, Igor has had some alcohol before. Um, uh, yes, indeed. <laughs> has, but Igor says, uh, no, thank you. It, it dulls your senses. It also calms the nerves, but I understand your meaning. Just a tiny bit is all I need, but if you don't want any, that is fine. You are still pretty young. It might affect you in ways uh, stronger than I. Um, um, and I kind of look over at the, tw the, the orc twins and... What about you two? How are you feeling? Would you like a small drink? Um, <laughs> one of them says, yeah, and then the other one, like, elbows them out of the way to, to lunge for it. Um, all right, all right, all right, uh, calm down. Um, and I get out, like, two other smaller, like, uh, cups and pour just a little bit in these cups to help calm their nerves a little bit. Um, yep. Don't go too crazy. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> they both grab onto these like little tin cups and throw them back um, and then immediately I think one of them like just sort of uh, and then the other one can't keep it down and just and it makes the fire flare up a little bit uh, and then the one who could here, keep here, it here here have some water here here's some <laughs> bread and water take it um <laughs> He like munches on it, and uh, like his his little tusks are like covered in spit now, um, just sort of like. Mm -hmm. uh, meanwhile, the other one is like, <coughs> "See, I, I I told you it's good. Uh, you can't handle it." <laughs> um, and uh, I think yeah, as as the night goes on, you all find your sort of your calm moments here. Um, Dart is as relaxed as he can be um, for the night and is uh, just ready to get up in, in the sunlight and start looking again and get on the move. Excellent. Um, the, uh, the sun goes down and Igor squirrels away a few embers from the dying fire to do a little bit of alchemy just holding uh, with a pair of sticks holding this burning coal underneath your uh, your little brewing set you've got a, a, a tiny little press here uh, which is essentially just like uh, steel shavings uh, on a stick that you can press into this little uh, beaker that you've got um, you you're going to manage a weak hit here the sun is already well down and um you all drift off to sleep, finding yourselves in this moment of quiet before you head into Crag Carrick. The night is quiet, 
there are no interruptions. And as the sun begins to come up, uh, the the watch order proceeds through without issue. You wake up, um, Dart, with the day ahead of you, ready to go, uh, ready to lead this group as the dangers begin. Now, once you pass through this needle pass, uh, you're going to be passing out of a winter storm directly into a summer storm. This is something that would be very, very familiar to all peoples of uh, the realms of Versetus, but uh, seasons don't pass cyclically. They pass in massive storms that roll through, and you are currently in a zone that's got a winter storm passing through, and a summer storm is on the other side of this pass, or at least it has been for uh, your entire career here. So it would be strange for it to be different now. And as you wake up, you get camp collected, um, you put the fire, uh, you sort of like hide the evidence of your camp here, uh, you load the cart back up, the children have got their heads down, and you head through Needle Pass. Craig Carrick is a badlands once you pass into the mountains, and uh, the, the stone turns from granite mountains to uh, uh, sort of sandstone spires you enter in and the temperature changes drastically you shed your cloaks um uh, some of you who are who just are wearing them for the temperature uh and you now find yourselves in crag carrick proper now i think uh, as an experienced smuggler dart you know there are two directions to look for danger, and that it, those are indicated by the weather. Um, if it is sunny and bright out, you want to watch out for danger from below. Um, this is when the bandits tend to come out because they're not going to be hampered by anything. This is when uh, the uh, this is when the other creatures here, um, mountain cats, uh, there are just called screamers, uh, which are these enormous like saber tooth mountain cats who who live here and hunt here for sure um as a matter of fact you probably are familiar with screamers from back in your hometown uh elsewhere in the mountains and if it is not bright and sunny out if it looks like a storm the danger is coming from above unfortunately there is a storm a-brewing it is not upon you yet, um, but we are going to we're going to go ahead and make a uh, another roll here to try and uh, sort out your progress on this journey. Go ahead and roll plus wits for me, if you do not mind, my man. The three total against a one and an eight, you still manage a weak hit. Hey, you are tramping through and as this storm starts to gather overhead you are uh you you anticipate the danger that is going to come from above now dart knows what the danger will be um this these are the flying creatures that you have talked about and uh there are there are some smaller ones uh there are dire vultures uh here which uh, present a significant threat. Um, there are a few other dire flying creatures, but the last few runs that you've taken here, you have been hearing things. Uh, you, you made a pass here uh, a few weeks ago with 
Hagel. Uh, you, you were smuggling a person. Um, this person was from way out in the frontier um, and expressed to you during a storm that you uh, chose to sort of like hide out uh, as you were sitting around. Um, this uh, orc from out in the frontier suddenly stopped and listened to the thunder from the storm outside and swore to you there is a thunderbird nearby somewhere. Thunderbirds are bad, bad news. Um, I don't think you've ever encountered one before uh, uh, by yourself. You've never been so far out in the frontier. And they usually don't hang out in the mountains. They are a plains creature. Um, and so to, to have one here, like, you're not totally sure what to deal with there. Um, I think uh, as you are sort of like watching this storm start to brew, this is what comes to mind. You don't know what the difference is between uh, a Thunderbird thunder or regular thunder. Um, you just know there is indeed a storm a-brewing, so danger will be coming from above. The the bandits and the uh, land creatures will be hiding in holes somewhere away. Igor, you have mentioned, I believe, wanting to take a look through people's stuff. Um, this is consistent with who Igor has been in the past. You are a little thief um, and a bit of a bastard, and so let's see how well you do. Uh, That's going to put you at a weak hit, and so... Um, you are absolutely going to take some troublesome cost here. Igor, you do some digging. Uh, you are searching around through people's stuff. You probably start with the other children here. You find a, the occasional knickknack, a, a few belongings. Um, the, uh, halfling girl, she is carrying a, a bit of coin on her, it would seem. Um, which is kind of surprising. None of the rest of you have any to carry with you. Um... The orc lads, they both seem to be carrying um, uh, little, like, little uh, uh, totems. You're not sure what significance those have, but nothing particularly interesting among the other children here. Now, the crew is a bit of a different matter. Some of them are indeed storing some things on this cart because it's not weighed down terribly heavily. Um... I don't, I don't necessarily think it's like your most prized possession dart, but if Igor were to poke the, uh, his head into um, the the pack that you would keep just on the wagon, uh, would he find anything interesting in there? Um, I think, uh, you know, general traveling supplies and things like that. Um, I sure. keep a lot of it on me, but in like... A small satchel, but I've got ropes and some meals and stuff. But there's also a bound uh, stack, like a small stack of like small pieces of paper that's wrapped up that you don't really know what it is. Okay. We're going to file that for just a moment here. We're going to return to that in, in moments. Um Igor, I think, uh, sort of like taking triage here, you know that you can sort of take a look at these. Uh, you, you look through some of the other packs and uh, you don't know who, like what belongs to who necessarily, uh, but Rose, Mara, Carl, um, you definitely, like, you have got your, your, your little fingers poking through here. Um, you find uh, that there are, uh, a f again, a few sort of symbols of home, quite a bit of just plain old adventuring gear. Um, and in one of these packs, you do indeed find um, there is a dagger. 
And when you pull the dagger out of its sheath slightly, um, you see it is sticky with something. Uh, it's not blood, certainly, um, but there is something sort of applied to this dagger. You don't know, you can't think of a lot of things that would be applied to a dagger, um, but uh, it is here in the honey pack. daggers. One of them honey daggers, indeed. <laughs> um, it's sort of a, a, a sickly kind of yellow color. You slide that back into the pack from whence it came and return to this bound sheaf of papers. Uh, Igor is definitely going to investigate further. What does Igor find in these papers? It is a series of notes. Some of them look really, really old. I mean, not really old, like five, six years old. Mm -hmm. um, but some of them are rather, you know, recent. But they all seem to be just notes from someone named Stravaris. Definitely, if you read into them, they're definitely like um, notes of love and... Um, affectionate in nature. Affection, uh, Affectionate in nature, um... Sure. Signed Stravaris. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Uh, those go back in the pack. And I think it is fair to say, um, my my good folks, that you done did get caught. Uh, you don't necessarily get caught with like a specific thing in hand, Igor. But um, as you are rolling on, I would assume... Uh, uh, dart that your sort of formation is similar to what it was before uh, you and Rose on the wings with the storm closer we definitely get in closer because vision is going to be an issue but uh, yeah same formation tighten up wonderful yeah um, uh, you tighten up and uh, I think that is when you hear some yelling from down below it quickly quiets but Carl has lost his temper momentarily um, All right. you hear you little rat bastard. And then uh, it, it sort of gets quiet. Now, meanwhile, back here at the cart, uh, the, uh, the the incident hushes a bit, but Carl grabs you by the wrist, um, uh, Igor, and says, All right, so it appears that the smugglers aren't the only interesting criminals hereabout. We've got bandits right here in the wagon, don't we? Uh, and uh, grabs you by the wrist. Doesn't sort of like pull the the canvas off of the wagon or anything but uh has got you by the wrist you are going to lose minus one spirit igor um as uh carl gets really pretty well up in your face and says listen i don't have much of an issue delivering five rather than six I don't recognize any of you. None of your names are names I've heard before. And so, if we arrive and one of you has been eaten by a screamer, well, I don't think anyone's going to complain, are they? Igor. Um, at this moment is when uh, Dart gets down. Um, what is going on? Why have we stopped? Why are we shouting? I told you to be quiet in these parts. You're right, you're right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the shouting, but you may wish to know that one of your young charges has got light fingers. And I, you can see he's, like, holding up. Uh, he, he sort of, like, drags Igor half out of the canvas. Is this true? Are you rifling through our things? 
Well, what? We're just supposed to trust adults that we have never met with our futures because you're bigger. We have a right to know who's in charge of us. You've got a right to know nothing, little bastard. You haven't I even got a right to stay I, home where you belong. I grab Carl's hand and I let go. And I kind of go to force his hand off of Igor's hand. Um, make, make a, make a heart or an iron roll. Your distinction, but your, your choice between those will determine what tack you take. Does that make sense? I mean, I'm definitely going heart then. Um, that is, ah, a two plus two. Not good. Thunder rolls, not in the distance, but overhead. A few raindrops start to down onto the canvas covering of the wagon. (laughs) On a miss dart. Carl grabs you by the wrist, by the other wrist, um, and so now you're holding onto one of his, he's holding onto one of yours, and says, It's dangerous enough out here without having snoops in our baggage. How do we know he hasn't peeked into the crates yet? We've got rules, you know. If they find loose nails on those crates, we're all in trouble. Um, and I look at him, um, and I have rules, meaning we do not hurt children. The crag doesn't respect age. There are no innocents in crag, Carrick. There are only the living and the dead. Um... That may be true. But honestly, we need to drop this issue now. We can come back to it later. As you said, there are more dangers around us than than people snooping through our own things. We need to stay focused. This storm is going to be a big trouble. (coughs) Carl looks up releases your arm, uh, glares at Igor. Meanwhile, Igor, I think, is looking at you, um, uh, Dart, just with this look of, like, I told you. <laughs> uh, which, uh, you know, on, on this young elf's face, like, what, what, uh, how, how much of a grain of salt Dart takes that with is entirely up to you. But yeah, it's just this, this, uh, look of, like, I told you what I saw. Um, meanwhile, the thunder rolls overhead. Um, I am going to apply minus one spirit uh, because of the interaction here. Um, and uh, I have adjusted your supply according to, to the, the rolls that we've had so far. The rain begins to pour now onto this canvas covering. Uh, those underneath, uh, it is waxed canvas and as such provides some protection and yet it very quickly gets damp and then absolutely sodden. Um, Underneath this tarp, essentially, uh, you tell the halfling girl, Igor, to be a little bit more careful with her money. 
Um, and you have got these packs in front of you. Uh, outside, you can hear uh, Carl continuing to grumble. And uh, I think when you peek out, what do you see Dart do? That was a wild way to phrase that. But Dart, what do you do? <laughs> I'm just keeping a closer eye on the, the cart now. Dart and Rose tighten up a little bit in anticipation of the storm and possibly to keep an eye on Carl as well. Carl now, not entirely uh, suspiciously, uh, because you are, after all, in the dangerous parts of the crag now, uh, instead of the cudgel being on his belt, he just swings it back and forth down by his feet um, and knocks it against his boots as he goes. He grumbles to Mara and... You all proceed through the very narrow pass uh, here in Crag Carrick. You continue on uh, for much of the day as the storm continues to uh, tumble down onto you. It occasionally lightens up. The thunder seems to be a little bit more distant. The lightning isn't directly overhead. The rain doesn't leave massive puddles that you have to push up from underneath Igor to prevent from just sort of drowning you underneath this waxed canvas. Um, you have to push the puddles up so that they run off the cart. It's a soggy run, but you've made soggy runs before, uh, Dart. You continue along your way and uh, make camp here. The night comes, and with with the quiet around you, uh, the storm sort of rumbles gently, and you don't necessarily have high hopes for tomorrow to be a much drier day. Um, now, at night, the danger still probably lies above you and yet being stopped uh potentially having to put up a fire uh things are going to look a little different different potentially uh if you've got a fire up things might come to you that wouldn't normally be out at night um but dart that is going to be up to you uh carl is going to uh carl certainly says storm be damned i want the fire to stay warm with tonight but it's up to you, Dart. Everyone looks to you. Fire or no at camp tonight? Um. It would it's it's it would be next to impossible to start a fire in these conditions. Let's just get in our tents and. Do we have tents? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Let's just get in our tents and stay dry. Get as dry as we can. Uh, Carl kicks his, just, just like drops his pack on the ground, just kicks it over into a corner. There's a bit of an overhang here, which I would say keeps the rain from falling directly on top of you, maybe 50% of the time. Um, okay. The sandstone doesn't offer like big giant overhangs or caves uh, in which to really hide unless you're you know a bandit or you live out here um they know where the very narrow ones but you intentionally don't live here um you set your tents up and uh you hear grumbling in between uh distant thunder from carl's tent uh mara and rose they hit the hay just fine um the tents get set up uh you've been provided with like 
two tents for the children to share, and it's just barely big enough, but... Um, Igor, you find yourself in a small tent. Uh, rain occasionally, if the wind blows in the right direction, uh, is not falling upon it. But for the most part, there is the the patter of uh, of rain on your tent. Um, why am I trying to make rain noises? That was terrible. <laughs> um, Igor, you find yourself in this tent with the orc twins. Um. I think, uh, Igor, um, you with your with your tent, like relatively near to Carl, you find yourself uh, in a position to sneak out and tap on Carl's tent. Uh, the the cover of uh, the cover of the storm definitely provides you like a decent bit of of uh, cover here. But let's go ahead and find out how well you do. You do quite well, um, Igor. You tap on this tent, and inside you just hear, What? What? Carl. What? You... You would not have survived this long if you didn't know what you were doing. Who's that? Igor. All right, Igor. Well, I certainly appreciate the vote of confidence. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and say you get to use your trickster on this, so uh, that will get you a weak hit. I offer my apologies. Your apologies. Very well. I accept, Igor. At least this time I don't... See your pale little hands darting into my belongings. Perhaps next time you can tell me whose belongings you wish for me to rifle through. <laughs> you are a true criminal. But thieves and smugglers, we stay on our side of the line. You stay where you belong, out of my way. Maybe someday I'll move something for you. But probably not. After all, you're being sent off into the wilderness. Tell me. And you continue to have this conversation just through the canvas of the tent as you stand here in the rain. Why is it that a family would pay to have a sibling carted off away through this God's forsaken crag and out into the wilderness? What did you do? Igor stands and thinks about this for a moment in the rain. Um, chat, please let me know what's going through Igor's mind, and certainly if you want Igor to respond here, uh, as we jump back to um, uh, to Dart. Uh, Dart, would you please make me a wits roll so we can talk about progress? So five total. Five total? 
That is a strong hit, and you take plus one momentum on this hit. Um, nice. Uh, because of your Wayfinder stuff, which I should have been adding earlier. Sorry, bud. Um, okay. Uh, but you did indeed have another hit on there, so your momentum should actually be at two. Um, and we're going to go ahead and mark off uh, another progress here. You are... Uh, you're in your tent. I don't know that you necessarily have a strong sense that, like, Igor is out and about, but uh, it is quiet. You are anticipating danger tomorrow. Anything from you tonight? Uh, I am on this next leg of the journey. I'm going to say that this is about where Hagel went missing. Um, and so I've got my map out, and I'm simply, like, marking areas like we need to check along the way. Tomorrow's going to be a long day of checking areas while we are moving. Um, that's simply all he is doing right now. With a tiny brass lamp, the firelight, uh, th th this little lamp light spreads over this map that you've got on the floor of your tent, uh, just laid out on top of your bedroll, marking these locations. Um, uh, please go ahead and make um, make another wits roll for me, if you don't mind. I would allow wits or edge, actually. Do edge then. Uh. You pour over these maps, these places where you know uh, that Haggle disappeared somewhere between. I assume that you and Haggle were sort of like you were the wings on that trip, right? Which is why Haggle was kind of out of sight of you. Sure. You were accompanying your your uh, uh, your wagon here, and at some point you returned to the wagon and you whistle to mm -hmm. find Haggle, to sort of call back, to make camp, to have a conversation, and no whistle comes back to you. Just quiet. I think likely that trip was delayed significantly. I don't imagine you left immediately. What was what was the day that you had after that, deciding whether or not to continue? I mean, we... Uh, it happened sort of in the middle of the day um, on that trip, so we, I spent... We didn't move, I spent the entire rest of that day, and... Um, the next, you know, well into the night after the sun went down, um, by whatever torchlight we had, um, and then early next morning, uh, I made the decision to keep, keep, to move on, um, because I, I have a, a reputation to keep up. And, and people who... You know, you you know who you are carrying for, and none of them are afraid to kill you. Yes. Um, um, and so, if if you if they have a suspicion that you disappeared with their goods, that you tried to do some sort of swap out, that you took long enough to be suspicious, absolutely. Like these are people who, when they're suspicious, they do evil things. And so you were forced to make the decision to move on. And you think about that day as you pour over these maps. Um, you, you've got it honed into a specific bend. 
Uh, it's a point where you have to follow a very, very narrow uh, pass alongside a river. Basically, on your right is a sheer cliff face. Um, no good way to climb it, up or down. And then on your left, um, a sheer drop into a wide and rushing river. That is the area where Haggle must have disappeared. Okay. That is where you're headed tomorrow. Um, back at Carl's tent, Igor says, We have all got our pests and ways of moving beyond them. With that, we have our strength so that we use them. I'm simply following the path that's before me. The path before you is a dangerous one. But I... It is your path indeed. Igor, you bed down for the night, coming to perhaps somewhat an understanding with Carl. The dawn breaks on the third day of your journey. This third and terrible day The storm swells once again. Wet, soggy, from a night with no fire. The spirits are not high here on this uh, encounter. Um, during this trip, you find yourself uh, dart constantly quelling grumbles, not only from Carl, but from Mara as well. And even Rose is sort of looking pretty haggard by this. This is not a pleasant way for this trip to go. But with this river down below, you have entered the zone where you know Hagel disappeared at some point. The rain makes your trek slippery and you have got, um, uh, I mean, you've got this, this cargo behind you, which does not make things easier. Cart runs are always tough. They make up quite a few of your runs, but they're always tough ones in this specific pass. Um, go ahead and please make me a shadow roll, if you do not mind, my man. Seven. Say um, no more. Strong hit. Yeah. Um, you are uh, progressing through here uh, with a decent bit of speed. It's quiet. You uh, you follow. You you sort of like uh, trail a little bit of head uh, of the rest of the group because there's not a lot of like deviation points. You can't sort of go off to the side. This is the, the narrowest part of your journey. Um, and uh, as you pass forward along here, you don't let the cart out of your sight. You, you keep it to where you can look back on it. Um, Carl grumbles standing behind, and Rose uh, has taken up the rear to make sure that no one is following. Um, the cart rattles uh, against this trail, and <coughs> lightning strikes directly down into the water uh, uh, nearby you, and the in the rain, you can see a shape. Like like uh, some sort of fantasy jet engine, uh, like a fantasy uh, uh, fighter plane <sighs> soars through this canyon uh, at about your level. There, there's plenty of height above and below you, but this shape just rockets through here. 
um, as this lightning strikes nearby. Um, You are very exposed. And uh, looking back at the cart, um, you kind of have a decision to make here. Are you going to try and gun it to get out of the canyon, or do you try to uh, sort of hide your your presence? Does it look like this thing has seen us? Um, it is nigh impossible to tell. Uh, I will let you make a wits roll about it, um, uh, if you wish. But I, I think it went by so quickly, uh, you're not necessarily sure even what it is. But you've got your suspicions after that uh, after that run. I rolled a seven. Well, I got seven total. It has not seen you yet. Um, you you see you you sort of like sit and uh, crouch down. Um, you have good eyes, Dart, and you look out as you watch this shape course through this canyon another bolt of lightning <laughs> strikes the water which splashes up and as it does so this shape rockets straight up into the air uh, and disappears for a moment um how how heavy is the rain right now very heavy very heavy uh, okay. i would say like 20 yards visibility 20 meters um I give a I, I give a quick well, not a whistle. Do I want to do a whistle? Um, I'm going to attempt to hand gesture at Carl um, to let him know to stop all movement um, and let the like. Stop all movement um, yep. immediately, and that also should tell him to. Um, there, there's, there's a like process for communicating like this. I think uh, you yeah. use whistles when they're appropriate, but when he sees the first hand signal, um, he holds up his own to commu- to relay that back to Rose as well. Sure. Um, he he's on your same page and awaits further signal, which I think you signal to him too. Um, to, uh, like, there's not really a lot of way to deal with the horses in this situation. That is, that Um, is a tough thing. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, like, you can communicate whatever you want. It's just a matter of the choice that you're making. Like, call, like. (laughs) Calm the horses and tell the children to be quiet and not move a muscle. I want you to go ahead. This is going to be a um, uh, an aiding an ally move, wherein okay. your move is going to give other people sort of a, a bonus here. Um, this is sort of based on the choice that you're making. Go ahead and give me another roll plus shadow. That's six total. <laughs> A horrifying screech from overhead. The uh, uh, another lightning strike 
strikes the water below you and splashes high up onto the walls of this canyon. The horses, uh, Winnie and uh, Carl, immediately rushes over to calm them down. Um, you see him, like, waving down toward the children. Meanwhile, Igor, back in the uh, uh, back in the wagon, thunder is like, lightning is striking much closer to you than you would anticipate. Um, you know, you, you've seen it, like, striking the mountaintops nearby, and yet this stuff is, like, striking directly into the river below you. Um, the rain continues to pour down, and Carl is suddenly agitated. He holds up a fist, squints ahead into the rain, uh, and then rushes forward to calm the horses while saying, You get back underneath that. Don't don't poke your head out. Everyone stay still. Very still. He looks straight up in the air, um, not necessarily knowing what the threat is. <laughs> this shape roars through here once more and makes that horrifying shrieking noise. <laughs> it thunders out uh, through this canyon, echoing up and down, back and forth, um, this terrible noise, and a lightning strike hits just above your position, which <laughs> crashes down onto uh, onto this like little shelf here. The children, you hear like squeals from uh, all of them like everyone is panicking and so you go ahead and you administer this poison to these other kids um igor says everyone come here take a sip of this it will help you stay calm um uh, some of them are pretty anxious about this, but you are certainly showing the most mental presence here. Uh, and you go ahead and you pass this uh, little vial around and these kids each take a sip. Uh, Igor says, everyone take a bit of this. It will help you to stay calm. And they do. You're showing the most presence of mind. So they just listen. They shudder underneath the wet canvas as these rocks drop down around uh and carl uh even gives a bit of like a surprised shout um you are not separated but the lightning continues to strike at sort of random points around uh this this uh canyon here and i am going to go ahead and make a stealth roll for sort of the group at large they are going to get some help from you here it is enough for a weak hit. And so, here's what we've got. Thunder strikes uh, above the wall, and you know, uh, at this point, it is pretty clear. This creature doesn't know precisely where the cart is, but knows enough to start raining uh, down this thunder onto your position. As it shrieks through the canyon, uh, what do both of you do? Um, there is a shout, like, uh, Carl, uh, at this point, it seems, has understood the score uh, and is is uh, feeling comfortable enough to shout up toward you. Dart! We have to get off of this canyon side! Um... Rose! Back to the cart! Is there anything from my vantage point, is there anywhere to hide a cart? Um... 
And the is cart is anything? the issue, isn't it? Um, and the horses, you know, getting getting it... Because uh, we could hide in rocks and crevices and stuff, but... This is true. Uh, go ahead and give me a wits roll plus your, uh, plus your assets. Why is my wits so terrible? Uh, you're hiding and sneaking. When so you, you face, add plus one. Yeah. Um, okay. And uh, you are securing an advantage uh, because of your sort of like wild. So you get another plus one. Okay. Okay. So that's a raw five plus two. True. I think. Uh, so seven. Excellent. That nice. is a strong hit. Um, hey. You know you you can't turn the card around. That's not going to work. It's simply too narrow for that. There's no yeah. there's no going backward. But um, by advancing, if you can get around this next bend, uh, there is a spot with uh, a, a sort of like, it's almost like a false trail. Um, you know, sometimes bandits use it to uh, ambush like rookie smugglers, but it will get you off of the like clearly visible canyon path here. Um, yeah, I... I hand signal to start doing that um and I start making my way down towards the cart and just we start booking it towards that excellent once more boulders come crashing down in before and behind this cart uh, uh, Rose has now rushed up to the cart itself and is uh, she Mara and Carl are just pushing the cart forward, trying to rush it, trying to keep it from sort of like its wheels from slipping off of this very narrow ledge, um, and you continue forward. Um, the, the children here, they're breathing heavily, they're looking up and around, but their eyes are glazed a little bit. Um, they, they seem calmed, none of them uh, shout anymore, um, and uh, they, they're sort of breathing slows a little bit. Carl shouts, uh, We've got a bit of a sprint ahead of us. Keep your heads down. And uh, uh, I think Rose rushes forward, hops onto one of the horses, and uh, using uh, the side of her saber, smacks each of them on the rear end uh, to get them sort of moving forward. And this group is going to make a heck of uh, an edge roll. a lightning strike as this dark shape once again rushes through but then does a sort of an uh, a, a mid-air turn this spin and all of a sudden the size of three wagons full wagons not little carts like you've got full expediting expeditioneering wagons parked end to end, this wingspan slowly as a massive bird hovers in front of you. Its wings pour off. It almost looks like smoke, it's so thick, but it's this thick mist and fog. And as it does so, between its uh, the, the, the feathers at the edges of its wings, lightning crackles and shocks in between them. And when it opens its beak, lightning sort of arcs across the beak as well. And you hear that terrible noise, the screech, and then s s lightning s 
slams into the cart itself. Now, the cart is made of wood, and so you are protected from a decent bit of it. But the cart itself is annihilated. Wood splinters fly up in the air, and for a moment, Dart, as you look back at this uh, in shock, you just see a a wheel go spinning off, and you catch sight of this dark shape (sighs) hovering in the middle of this canyon here above the water. Um, This wheel splashes into the water below, and you hear shouts um, through the darkness. Uh, Carl and Mara are pushing the kids after uh, Rose, who is keeping her head down and trying to rush toward you. Uh, The horses are loose. The cart is absolutely buggered. Um, The crates are just there by themselves. Uh, Igor, I want to know what you do, and well, chat is letting me know about that. Dart, what do you do? Uh, My primary goal is safety of our the, the humans that are with our party well the, the people that are with our party people, yeah. and uh, um, uh, and then secondary goal is trying to keep the horses safe like get the horses safe too like whatever goods we have fuck them they can get wet um, yep let's let's keep moving with the horses towards whatever cavern or safety thing we can find. Lightning continues to thunder overhead. Um, I want you to go ahead and make an edge roll for me. Um, However, I would say edge or um, if you want to just sort of like make your way a little slower but, but sneakier, you can use shadow if you wish. Okay, fantastic. Uh, You dart forward, um, sort of keeping low and uh, keeping your cloak sort of uh, uh, against the wall so that you can uh, make your way stealthily as possible. Um, Meanwhile, behind you, Carl is rushing these kids forward, but Mara and Carl seem to be pretty well concerned with themselves right now. uh, Mara rushes back to the cart and tries to find uh, whatever pack she came with. Uh, Carl just sprints forward. Rose is trying to sort of keep the, the the kids moving, but some of them are in a bit of a daze. They are not panicking, which is excellent. None of them has started to run the wrong way. So your potion has been pretty effective, but we're going to go ahead and have you make a heart roll here. Um, ooh, and you are just... Barely able to manage a uh, a weak hit here, um, Igor. This way, this way. Follow Rose. We're going to go catch up with Dart. Um, the the orc boys seem to like sort of get it more quickly and sort of help you to kind of herd the rest of the kids. And between the three of you and Rose, you are able to sort of get them moving in the right direction, but it is still, there is a bit of a sprint in front of you. Um, Let me see how well y'all are able to make your way across here. And the answer is not poorly, but not great. Um, Dart, you are up ahead at the the sort of bottleneck of this pass. If you can just duck over to the other side of it, that's where sort of safety lies for you. You wait and keep an eye on your companions as they rush over toward you. Um, 
these kids like keep, they keep their heads low. Uh, Igor is clearly like pushing them forward, uh, in spite of the wide look you can see in in Igor's eye as well. Um, Carl, Carl reaches you first, having just like dead legged it. Uh, Rose and then the children, and then Mara brings up the rear, uh, holding onto this pack, and you all rush forward. Um, uh, into this little hiding spot, and you can hear this beast continues to uh, rattle this canyon with lightning. Uh, it flies up and overhead, but you guide the children into this little this little spot, uh, this little dead end here, and uh, Igor is like holding up the little bit of waxed canvas from the cart tries to kind of keep it over all the kids' heads here. Um, you're backed into a bit of a corner here, Dart. Um, what is the next move? Do you proceed and, and hope it does not follow? Or do you hide out here and wait for it to, try to wait for it to go away? Um, the kids seem relatively safe. Nobody's... Uh, safer than... Where there were scratches, you see, uh, like Igor has like a bunch of like soot and one eyebrow burned off. Okay. But nobody's bleeding. Um, oh Jesus. Um. Um. And I try to. Carl is with us now. Yes. The, the whole group is and together. The whole group. Everyone. Okay. What uh, about everyone. The no cart. No smugglers' loot. Uh, okay. none, none of the loot you were charged with bringing here. And then the horses. Like you're sort of. Uh, Mara is trying to sort of drag them into this dead end here, but they're they're still being pretty rambunctious. What does it look like? What is, what is the behavior of the Thunderbird? The Thunderbird. Um, it is basically you've sort does of it, left it behind. Does it this. seem like it's following us? Not yet. Um, right now, um, sort of like you have sort of exited the bottle. Um, it is currently blasting the bottleneck. Sort of, you can imagine the the bird is inside the bottle. The thunderbird is inside the bottle, blasting at the bottleneck. You have just exited the bottle. There is the question, of course, of if at some point it can't get its eyes on you again, is it just going to fly up and start to make sort of like scouting runs and try to find you again somewhere not in the bottle? Hmm, okay. I say we try to find some place to hide better. Okay. As quick as we can. Now that you're on the other side of this bottleneck, there are quite a few more places. You have passed out from the uh, the uh, th this big like it's a, it's a kill box essentially is what it is. It's a terrible canyon, the worst part of the run every single trip because bandits can stop you there because and because you can't turn your cart back. It's always the worst. You've just barely made it out, but there is danger present. Um, I would like you to please make a. Um, a wits roll for me. Uh, what's up? So that's a raw four plus one. Guess what? Uh, but that is a strong hit uh, because I rolled two ones. Now, what two hey. ones mean in Iron Sworn? What it, what a pair means on the challenge dice are a twist. You really want to beat that twist because that twist can either it's something extremely good if you can beat it, or it's extremely bad if you miss. I rolled two ones, <laughs> which means okay. that you you have got a strong hit with a twist. You okay. are looking around wildly, and not only am I going to uh, uh, let you sort of like, 
you're looking around for a place to hide here. Dart, you are looking uh, through this dead end here. You don't anticipate you're gonna find a hiding place in here, but you can leave the dead end. There are nooks and crannies and crags all over the place. You are about to leave. When you see just inside this dead end where you've made camp before, there is an S carved into the stone. It was not there on the last run that you made here. That you took this little, like, hidden spot. This S is not just an S, but it, it is an S with the curls uh, at either end of the S with which Stravarius signs his name and uh, that has been potentially used as uh, thieves can't sort of markings before. Sure. I, I mean, I recognize this immediately. Um, I, I would think. Uh, Absol- absolutely. This is a full signature uh, in your mind. Um, and not only that, but it is on a, a, a jut of rock where you use these juts of rock, uh, if, if you leave a sign on these juts of rock, the direction which they're pointing is the direction which you are going to find that thing. And it points at, uh, across this little canyon here. Um, there is a narrow crossing down below, but you're going to have to cross the canyon. Um, there is a, a little hiding place. Um, you see just a, a roughly door-like shaped and sized uh, hole in the rock wall. Um, and this jut, if it's pointing anywhere, it's pointing there. Um, all right. I immediately get everyone's attention and uh, hand signal as quiet as we can. And but fast, go that direction. Absolutely. And my heart jumps up uh, into my into my chest uh, at this. Indeed. Um, the thunderbird screams overhead um it's probably not breaking the sound barrier but that's the feeling that it has when it rockets past you um once again you can see the 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 looser feathers at the very tips of its wings arc with crackles of electricity and its beak releases these terrible, terrible noises and lightning crashes down into the water uh, in the canyon here. This thunderbird screeches overhead and you know you have got a rough sprint ahead of you. Just spotted this sign, this uh, curly-cued S with the the sort of curls reminiscent of your mountain goat horns. Um, Uh this Stravarius signature uh, points to this cave just across. Um, There is, it is a steep way down, but not a cliff. It is a uh, a bit of water that you have to cross, but not this wide river. It's the sort of thing where you're gonna have to just sort of like wade across. It's just sort of a tributary. Um, And then there is another climb, but once again, not a cliff. So it's gonna take some doing, not impossible, even with these kids in tow. Igor, what do you do, as is the constant question? And um, I think we have got Igor, like, looking for places to hide. I want to make sure to address this, and then we're going to come to you next, uh, Dart. Um, um, And Igor, here's the thing. 
uh, you think to yourself, what is that sign? You don't know like what its position means. You don't know it's pointing to somewhere like Dart does. But Igor, you have seen this curly Q S. It was on the notes signed Straverius. This is a, a, an odd way to sign this letter, um, uh, even in common. And so you have seen this sign before. It is in the letters from this person, Straverius. Um, Meanwhile, you are looking for places to hide, which is going to help you to sort of like make your way across here. And unfortunately, I'm I'm looking at it against a seven and a nine, you rolled a raw two, which is not going to be high enough. And um, well, let me see, seven and a nine, I don't think you've got the, the momentum to burn for it either. Igor, I'm very sorry. Um, the kids stay pretty calm here, which is good. You gave them that potion and it chilled them out. Um, the horses are pretty well panicking. But Igor, you look around and uh, along the way here, you, to your just sort of casual eye, you do not see any evidence of like hiding spots between here and where you're trying to get to. Um, Igor is trembling a bit, uh, looks at uh, some of the older ones a little deferentially. Um, and uh, these kids are like all sort of like working together, um, trying to sort of just stay in a huddle underneath this canvas tarp. Um, the, the, uh, the orc boys, uh, these orc twins who, <laughs> uh, who sort of like look back at you, they're, they've got fear in their eyes as well, and, uh, they help you to hold this tarp up and keep you all, at the very least, out of direct eyesight. Um, dart. Two decisions. One, what do you do about the horses? Are they coming with you? Because they're going to be tough once you get to the water. And two, uh, what action do you take in the more general sense? We take the horses. You take the horses? We take the horses. Okay. Um, um, and... I mean, general action, we just continue as much as we can, you know. Mad dash kind of thing, sort of yeah. like zigzag back and forth. What's your, what's your, uh, you, you got to get down this, this pretty steep uh, decline across the river and then up a bit of an incline. Uh, stagger our pattern a little bit, um, but uh, it's mainly just a mad dash to get wherever that's, that is. Yeah, sure. Uh, fantastic. Uh, you rush forward um, with your uh, goat feet slamming against the rocks. Um, uh, with your, you, you are sure-footed even in the rain here, which is fortunate. Um, the horses, not as much, and they sort of stumble and uh, uh, whinny down this track here, down this little path. Um, you continue down the side as uh, the others follow you. Underneath this canvas tarp, uh, sort of with the horses somewhere around you, it's a little hard to see. Uh, the orc twins are sort of holding it up. You've got the, Igor, I think the the little uh, halfling girl just sort of like clings to your leg. Um, uh, at the very least, like clings to your, your clothing and just like sort of uses you to guide forward. Um, you are searching through the materials that you have, and I think you do indeed have um, probably a nail from the blown-up cart uh, that you can go ahead and pop into a bottle if you wish. What is your intent? Um, what is it you would like to do with this thing? I don't... I don't... 
don't know what to do. Do we run? Are we supposed to run? Uh, the the caravan continues forward, rushing down this hill, and uh, this shape blasts overhead and uh, off in the distance a, a bit, about a hundred yards away, uh, a random lightning strike just crashes down uh, into this now sort of like widening canyon. It's taking on more of a valley shape than this steep canyon wall. Um, and as you rush across, um, I think you lose one of the horses. Um, it gets hit as you, as you pass across and uh, everyone here um, is going to take minus one health because uh, that was a full miss. <laughs> uh, the group is going to uh, basically thunder lightning strikes as this creature screams overhead and uh, you are showered down upon with boulders sort of running down this and for a moment dart you are afraid that it has covered up the entrance to this little cave but as you fight through you take a boulder that crushes past you and uh, rolls over your leg which is terribly painful but you continue forward um, my leg yeah okay yeah it's i mean it's like it's like um uh it's like the size of like a chest um, okay. And so, like, it, it hurts. You are limping sure. for sure. Um, but it is minus one health from you. Um, the, okay. the rest, everyone's going to take minus one health. One of the horses is is dead. Just, I mean, you're not sure quite what happened, but you see some ragged shape fall into the river and just Oof. rush away. Um, uh, and you rush into the mouth of this cave. Where you can still hear the screeching outside. The thunder uh, continues to strike. You see flashes of lightning strike the water, the walls of this little valley uh, canyon here, and you see this shape <laughs> rise up out of the canyon and screech one final time out further away into the distance. In this cave, you see a bedroll, evidence of a fire. You continue to make your way back into the cave here. The children stay nearby, uh, nearby the mouth of the cave, but you spurred on by what I think can only be excitement. You continue forward. My heart is definitely beating fast. I get my lamp out. Um, uh... The water drips in this cave that, you know, it's got little rivulets of water along the floor uh, where the rain is rushing in. What do you do? Mm 
I pick up a small rock off off the cavern floor, and I um tap out in thieves' cant on the wall. Um, is it? Uh, are you there? You get taps back. Yes. Here. Who? Um. Uh, I guess I would, I would tap out dart. You receive back Stravarius. Okay. Um, I uh, um, I, I immediately just start walking forward then uh, with my eyes out, my heart racing. Um, uh, what, what do I see as I move, move back? A quick moment. <laughs> your torch waves in the sort of gusts blowing through this cave you keep your head down and you squint into the darkness where you hear this tapping continue it says Stravarius here out at the mouth of the cave the the light continues to fluctuate as uh, although the day is, you know, it's it's about midday right now, uh, and yet this storm is raging overhead, so the darkness goes from this gray, pale light to a sudden blinding white light as uh, the occasional lightning strike strikes far out in the distance, and then Igor, you put your nail in the little bottle. You've heard the phrase lightning in a bottle before. And as an amateur alchemist, it's something that you can just imagine the possibilities. You rush out as you see this dark shape soar down overhead. Um, Rose says, no, Igor, no. Little bastard, says Carl, and makes a grab for you, but misses. You run out as you can see this dark shape making a strafe down overhead, and... (laughs) The last thing you remember is... Hearing that crash and then suddenly hearing nothing. You look up at the sky as stones the size of wagons just crash up and away from you like a massive hail down into the water uh, through the rain here as if in slow motion and this shape overhead. You just see its silhouette. A crackle of electricity runs left to right. 
across its wings. You hear its scream once more, shouts from the cave, and you momentarily pass out. Inside the cave, uh, you hear shouts from behind you uh, dart, but up in front, you still hear. Stravarius here. Oh, fuck. Um... What do the shouts sound like behind me? Um, uh, you you are still like it, it's a cave. It carries sound pretty well. Um, you yeah. hear Rose screaming, "Igor, no!" Uh, you hear Carl yelling, "You little bastard!" Then you hear the massive crash from outside and the screech of this uh, creature, sort of uh, much closer to the mouth of the cave than you would prefer. Um, it seems fairly close by, and you hear, oh, gods, gods. I I tap on the wall. Wait. Um, and then I rush back through the cavern to go help with whatever is going on. Your cloak billows behind you as you turn and rush back out of this cave. The tapping fades behind you as you rush toward the mouth. You rush past the bedroll, the evidence of the fire. You rush past once more this S etched into the wall with its ram's horn curls on the ends. As if in slow motion, you rush out into this canyon. As the rain washes down, Carl stops at the mouth of the cave. Rose, as you rush by, rushes along with you, and the two of you rush down toward Igor. This fool of an elf boy lying um, with, I mean, uh, like clothes have, like shirt fully knocked off, uh, uh, wearing just rags at this point. Um, suddenly you you see as the last of the rubble falls uh, and you rush out up before uh, up before you, up above Igor, uh, lying on the ground as Igor starts to come to once more, just like in a slow daze, you are rushing out immediately underneath the massive shadow of the wingspan of this Thunderbird. Please make an edge roll for me. Um... This is four, five, six. Four plus two. Am I adding anything else to this? Um, with this one, I don't believe so. Okay, so six. Uh, uh, you, you grab onto Igor. Igor is, like, looking up and around. You can see there are, like... It, it almost looks like his irises have fractured. The color okay. in his eyes is, like 
not seeping, but just like there are there are like cracks of it into the whites of his eyes. Um, he has got a it almost looks like a tattoo across like the side of his torso um, of this lightning shape, this white raised tattoo, which you can see is actually growing red by the second. Um, and you grab onto Igor, who barely manages to get up. Everyone here is going to take two additional damage um, as you have just been hit once more by this terrible, terrible thing. Um, and Igor, you are messed up. Igor manages to make it barely back to the uh, to the mouth of the cave as Rose and Dart drag him forward. Um, He's fully I, unconscious. I, Nothing left. I yep. Uh, wait. What do you mean? Nothing left. Igor, Igor's is fully out. Like, needs. He's uh, not dead though, but he needs medical attention. Yes. Okay. Um. I I I look at the crew and the kids. Um. Damn fool, boy. Who here has who here has medical training? Anyone? Uh, Mara pipes up. I've got a little bit. All right, well, do what you can with him. Attend to him. Um, I am not... I am not trained in this field. Um, uh, take care of him. I must go see to something. And I... I um, move back down into into the corridor towards Traveras. Corridor, cavern. You rush down uh, into this cave as Mara bends over... Igor, um, with her pack, which she retrieved from the wagon. If, we were, if Igor were awake, he would recognize this pack. But he's not. You rush down into uh, the cavern, Dart, and the tapping amplifies as you... As your footsteps thunder down into this, and uh, you rush into a room. In this room, um, it, the the walls appear to have been actually built. Uh, stones have been carved out, uh, and uh, structures have been put into place to maintain support. The roof overhead is supported by timbers. It almost looks like a mine, except in this room. There are about a dozen people. At the forefront is this person. What what do you call them? Uh, as they uh. rush out toward you, it is a satyr um, with big ram's horns, wearing uh. Uh, a matching uh, tan tunic. He rushes towards um. you and gets his arms around you. I kind of, um, everything is like, I'm like, at first I'm like, who are these people? But they kind of fade out as I see, um, and I call out to him, Stravaris. Um, um, and as they put their arms around me, I'm, 
I'm just like... Where did you go? Where did you go? Why? He, he cries and just like gets his arm, he gets one arm around you like so tight and then the other one just like jumps into your hair and uh, I think like he just falls to his knees with you there. Um, everyone else in the room is staying absolutely silent. I've, I've just got my moment. head in his chest. He's definitely taller than I. <sighs> he says, uh, what, what happened? I'm so sorry. It wasn't... This wasn't the plan. I didn't want to... I didn't want to commit to something like this without being able to investigate for myself first. You've always been excellent out there in the wilderness, but you'll read on people. Well, maybe even you'll read on me. It hasn't been the best. I, I wanted a chance to, to take a look for myself, to find out if they were the sort of people that we could, we could join together with. What? What is this? What? What are you talking about? What? What? And I kind of, I step back from him, and I'm trying to read his face, and I'm, I'm now trying to look at the people in the room behind him. What are you talking about? What people? Addison? These people are willing to act. They're willing to do something. And as you look around, you see quite a few weapons in this room. Addison, uh, excuse me, um, uh, Stravarius moves over toward uh, a wall and on the wall you can see there is a, a rough sketched map of uh, the gate town where y'all left you see other maps along the walls and Stravarius points to them and says they've been telling me they've been telling me about the disappearances I had heard rumors before we came here and I was told to meet them. I, I didn't want to get you involved until I knew that I could trust them, but we can. We can. Addison. These people are going to save the towers and the frontier. These disappearances, they're bigger than you imagine. It goes deeper than you could possibly think. You know the Duskin. We've been told so much about them. That uh, they are shadows in the night, that they are uh, that vampires and, and lichen, that, that they, they live quietly out in the frontier, perhaps even in the towers somewhere, but Addison, it's more dangerous than that. They are, they're here, they've infiltrated. We've probably dealt with them ourselves, I've always been suspicious about Avis. That elf woman that we've dealt with, it, she doesn't seem right to me. You see a look in Stravarius's eyes. You've heard him talk before about his concerns, about the 
the danger posed to you as people who sort of make uh, these passes here, as people who live in the, the, the nightlife, in the dark markets of the towers. He's expressed that he feels fear that the the lichen packs might take over your business, that vampires might be lying in wait to prey upon you, that ghosts manipulate where you uh, the jobs that you take. But there is a there is a dark and crazed look in his eye right now as he rushes back towards you and you know affectionately puts a hand on one of these big ram's horns on the side of your head. Addison, I want you to stay. We can trust them. This is just one of their hideouts. But from this place, we can fight. We can remain. They've infiltrated the luminaries, the very highest levels of government, of guild leadership. We have to fight back. Otherwise, these disappearances will continue. You and I will never be able to be safe again. If we don't choose to make our stand. So you find the cause. You found something you believe in more than our dreams of going beyond these walls together. This is only temporary. You want to stay here with these people? And why did you abandon me? Do you know how worried I was about you? I was worried for weeks. It took time. It took time to... He stops. Our... Our dreams are important. I... I grab him. I will stand by you. With whatever you choose to do, we are... One. But don't ever abandon me! Communicate and tell me what your plans are and we can do it... together. He puts his head next to yours and in a, a very like traditional sign of like a- affection and bond, uh, he locks his horn into yours um, and he says our dreams they they depend on this you you don't see them like I do. You don't see the manipulation. You don't see the way that we are controlled by this, by this scorch. I wish for you and I to live a life 
of our choosing. And these people could give this to us. Can you make a heart roll for me, please? Six total. Weak hit. You... You feel the movement of his head next to yours. Um, his fawn, his uh, satyr's ears, um, which I think among satyrs are like one of the primary communicators of emotion, uh, sort of like flutters against yours and even more so than looking him in the eye, you feel there is a dark mania over him. He... He is here because this group has promised him they will let him stab at the shadows he sees between you and the dreams that you share. You have not been the person who has most... most dealt with other people. So often, Stravarius has been the one who has been the face of your pair. He's the one who's dealt with Avis. And yet, you know these people. You are... You're observant. Maybe not social, but observant. And when you look at Avis, you see nothing of vampirism. When you consider the jobs that you've taken, you see no evidence of ghosts pulling the strings. When you accompany your partner through these smuggling runs and in the dark districts where you pick up and drop off your cargo, in those moments where he insists he's seen a vampire lying in wait just in the shadows, your eyes are better than his. You see nothing. Do I have any sense of what this may be? Does something have a hold of him? Does he... I don't know. Is he on something? It is hard to know whether or not he's on to something. There is a dedicated group here. You look around and you see runes on the walls, on weapons. You look at the maps, you see a well-organized operation at the very least. That much is nearly impossible. You've heard rumors of Duskin, vampires, ghosts, lichen, ones who live secretly. Uh, you've heard rumors that, you know, perhaps even, you know, some vampire houses might have uh, influence in the towers in certain places, that some of them even dare to live openly out in the frontier. Um, you don't have experience with magic, per se. And yet, I think the, the worst blow of this is that 
while you don't see evidence of magic over Stravarius, the terrible thing that thinking back you do see is a trail of suspicion, a history of when the moments where you don't get closer to your dreams, where that job didn't pan out and allow you, allow you to finally leave this dangerous life. You see the evidence growing that this is a direction he perhaps has been headed for a long time. It is a darkness of ideology and he has been seduced, it seems, by this group who promises him the ability to stab at shadows. Um... has so many things going through his mind right now. I've... We've promised ourselves to each other. We said this is going to be... forever. But yet I'm worried, but yet I'm relieved just to be with him. Um... I kind of put that on hold for the time being, and I just say, I'm just glad we are, I'm just glad we are together right now. I'm glad you are safe. Um, I do, however, do you have any healing people here? I have a small child with me that is need of emergency aid. Yes, of course, yes, we will do everything that we can. Um, they send uh, someone up to start to heal uh, Igor and uh, tend to anyone else who has been injured. Okay. And I think as, as this group starts to gather around you. You don't feel blocked in, but you know the question is coming before before Stravarius says it. Edison, I want you I want you to join us. I want to have the life that we have imagined, and I don't want that to be torn from our grip. Not after we've worked so hard for it. These turns, these times, these struggles that we faced. These people can help us to overcome them. To strike back at those responsible. This is Luca Brusca.
Now, regrettably, it was at this point that my internet crashed, and thus, the end of this episode was cut just barely short. But the twist, I believe, has been preserved. Luka Ruska, a name that some of you may be familiar with. If not, keep listening and you will find out. All the same, even though I'm recording this a day later, I would like to cover some of the concerns that were discussed throughout uh, the episode, first and foremost being the issue of alchemy. You are an alchemist, after all, Igor, and I want y'all to have the ability to manifest that as you wish. Um, it, I, I can imagine nothing more exciting and having the option to do the things that you want to do with that. And so uh, I'm going to say that we're going to preserve most of the rules. What I want y'all to remember, and I'm going to be discussing this again later, I'm sure, but just for posterity here, um, what we're going to be doing with alchemy is that I am going to give you all some options to sort of expand your alchemical prowess. Right now, the rules really only provide for stat boosts to uh, to, to your stats, um, a plus one to the stats, and that is it. That is what you can do with alchemy. However, y'all are like me. You've got this idea that perhaps it would be fun and interesting, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, to do some alchemical elixirs that have different effects much like the one that y'all produced today, um, with this sort of soporific effect. I would love to be able to provide for y'all when you wish to do that. And so I'm going to say that as your as your education in alchemy continues, uh, you're going to have access to a greater array of things here. Um, I'm going to say that uh, I will sort of like keep you updated in Discord um, as to what those things are. But overall, I would say... Um, certain certain effects are going to be available to you at certain levels and the uh, i would say the severity or depth of those effects is going to be affected by what level alchemist you currently are um how how far your alchemy has progressed and so uh over time you're going to be able to continue to level that up and uh i think that should satisfy the creative alchemists among you i hope that it does uh, and if not we'll work out something else because we're I definitely want to provide for y'all to be the alchemists that you wish to be. Um, I think we are going to continue um, to do a bit more of the in the moment stuff. I think rather than rather than simply saying like, okay, make a roll to see what potion you brewed up yesterday. Um, I think we're going to continue to keep it in this status of you decide when you want to brew potions, um, you know, when you've got a moment to, and then uh, provided you've got the supply to do so, you can create the potions then. And then those are the potions that you've got. Those are the ones that you have available to you, um, uh, as opposed to like a grab bag where we did for the very first potion, which was essentially like, yeah, you probably created a potion sometime in the past. What sort of potion would you have wanted that to be? Um, instead, we're going to we're going to keep it sort of temporally bound and say that if you've got a if you've got a moment to brew some potions, tell me what you're brewing, and that will be the potion that you have access to. Potion or potions. So exciting stuff there. Um, I want to thank Mr. Halfbit, of course, who is not here for this secondary recording of this. Uh, but Mr. Halfbit did an absolutely glorious job. I would love to have Halfbit back, and I intend to. Uh, Mr. Halfbit was able to commit for one episode here, and I think we told a great story. But um, if in the future he can commit to more, then we will tell longer stories with him. Uh, I indeed also have another guest lined up for this. Not for next week, but expect in the future that, uh, well, one of these teachers, maybe one of the students, is going to show up with a different voice from my own, which is absolutely exciting to me. The most exciting, frankly. Um, 
I think I probably waited too long to boot up this second campaign. Um, I was waiting until a moment when I could put together a full cast and proceed forward with that. But, you know, if we start with just, just the two of us, me and you chat, and then we add people over time, bits and parcels, I don't mind that in the least. Uh, I would love to have folks in here more regularly. Um, if folks can do like commit to doing this weekly fantastic if they can only commit to a certain run even that would be absolutely excellent i would love to tell like individual arcs within this main one um is illyria's story going to take a bit of a back seat here maybe i would say that's certainly a possibility and sort of illyria's story will continue to fill in uh where igor or a guest does not have a significant story to tell but i was i could not have been happier excepting for the the technical issues i absolutely could not have been happier with the way that this episode turned out i am so excited uh for the potential that we've got with this campaign to bring in guests i thought halfbit did an excellent job and i'm sure you will agree with me and i can't wait to dig in even further y'all thank you so much and uh enjoy side cannons as we continue uh i will be back next week and we're gonna be back with igor back at school having completed his first experience with the travails this probably will not be the last flashback that we have from igor but it's the last one for now because you've got classes to go to and illyria Illyria may have some changes coming up this week. Folks, thank you so much for joining me, and I will see you all later on. Goodbye.